Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hoops Crush podcast. This one is episode number five. I'm joined, like always, by Brady Parks, aka Crushables, and I'm Eric Brandt, aka Hoops Jock. Uh, this is our first show since the regular season started. The, our Blazers have played four games already. Um, most teams have played three or four. Uh, how do you think just the season overall is going? Have you been enjoying watching the games? Yeah, so before I get into that, we actually are recording this on Halloween. So, uh, if you, you know, you guys probably won't see this till the next day. So, I hope you guys had a fantastic Halloween. Uh, so, but other than that, I just had to get that out of the way. Um, yeah. to be honest with you, through the first four games, the first three were kind of a rough watch, to be honest with you. I don't know, like, I wasn't wanting us to like win games, but I need, like, I want us to win, of course, but I wasn't expecting it. But, like, I also was wanting to be fun, and it just didn't feel very fun. But this Toronto game, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. So that's and that's how I felt. I don't know how you felt. But, like, watching those first three games were kind of rough. And then that Toronto game, like, I was like, man, this is what I want to see uh, consistently, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, at least two of the first three games, like, we got down 20 30 points and it's like oh man this sucks like they (laughs) kind of made a comeback towards the end if you're like worried about the spread or something like it was close (laughs) to covering uh but it's just yeah it's it's not fun to watch a team down 20 30 points and um just look like they have all kinds of issues uh but yeah like this was the first game against the raptors where you're like, wow, there's some things you could build on, and they look like they were playing sort of the way they had talked about playing um, in the preseason. Yeah, they were getting around, uh, you know, off in transition, I felt like. Scoot was attacking a little bit more in this game, um, and they were just all over the place, which is what I wanted to see. I just felt like everything felt so slow and methodical somewhat in those first three games. And th- yeah, it felt sure. like this team was getting out and running in this one. And that's, that's what we want to see. This is like the kind of team that we think we should be. We should be a high paced team. We should be going out and transition fast. Like that's what I want to see. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I'm happy to have seen it in the Toronto game. I just hope it carries over more often than not. Yeah, what did you think of Scoot uh, through four games, in particular, <laughs> so, uh, his performance tonight? <laughs> so, obviously, Scoot has not been great. He's not been, like, the player we wanted to see right away, and there was people out there, and there's still people out there uh, saying, okay, he's terrible, he sucks, he's a bust, or whatever. Uh, I was never in that camp. I mean, it's only three games, and or, you know, now four, obviously. And uh, I feel like each and every game he's gotten a little bit better, uh, especially in this one, obviously he's still not a great three-point shooter whatsoever. I think he's only made one three all season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, oh, but for I'm six gl- in the Toronto game. Yeah, so I, he's not been great from that spot, and obviously he's had his moments. But his passing in the Toronto game uh, was phenomenal, in my opinion. He was out exactly what we wanted to see. He was attacking a little bit, and I feel like he's kind of ramped it up each and every game. First three were still. A little rough, but I feel like the Toronto game, he actually was really good other than, you know, the three-point shot, obviously. And I actually did take the over on Scoot's 10.5 points uh, tonight. Well, you know, as you guys are seeing this, I, on the night of the Raptors game. So, uh, he, he brought me home some money. So, thank you, Scoot. Oh, for that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Were you a little worried in the first half? Uh, yeah, he he ended the half with eight. So, I was like, okay, oh, okay. he's he's on yeah, pace because yeah. it was only 10.5. So, I was like, okay, uh-huh. he can get – I feel like he can get three in the second half. And uh, 
if he didn't hit that one free throw where he split, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have gotten it. So I was like, he misses the first one. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and then he makes yeah. like one thing. Well, speaking of free throws, he had only shot one in the first three games. Uh, I think he shot what four tonight or four against the Raptors. Um, so that was good to see him get to the line a couple times. And anytime you're that strong and that athletic, you need to kind of go into contact sometimes and make the refs, um, call something i think that's something he could really learn in the future is just uh learning how to absorb contact and uh maybe getting some and ones or at least some trips to the line because most good to great players have some ability to get to the free throw line to get points that way yeah i agree that's what we want to see scoot just needs to be in attack mode i mean obviously he's got to shoot at times because defense are going to allow him to and we want to see him improve from that each you know as much as he can from that this season uh but his main you know main focus should be attacking trying to get to free with line and seeing how much he can finish at the rim so uh if we can keep seeing that from scoot i'll be a happy man mm-hmm. and uh what do you think of his defense so far I, I thought it, I mean, the only thing I feel like sometimes he's over aggressive, like he yeah. fouls out too, or not, right, right. yeah, he like gets a little too aggressive, but mm-hmm. I'm glad he's trying on that end of the very least. Like, uh, I, I can't remember exactly which game it was. It was, uh, against the magic, I believe where I think he gets a basket and then he's like all hyped up and just like gets overly aggressive on Franz Biner <laughs> for like no reason. I was like, yeah. man, all right, just chill out. Like I get it. You're hyped mm-hmm. up, but like he's out there. Like I knew he was going to foul. Like they were going to call him eventually. Uh, and I was surprised they didn't call it earlier. I don't think they called it until he got to like to the rim. But yeah, uh, I, I'm glad he's trying at least. But I think he's gotten over aggressive. Obviously, this led to some fouls. Uh, but it's good to at least see. You know, he cares about it. it lo- at least it looks like it a little bit. Yeah. Well, thanks for filling in for me on the Magic Post Game Show, by the way. Uh, yeah, did I did my best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun listening to you. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, You're right. He is a little too aggressive at times, but I think the main thing with him is if you're aggressive like that, or you're, you're always trying to like go fast and give lots of effort and run around. Like sometimes, uh, like in the Toronto game, uh, towards the end when he fouled out, you have just these vets that are just there to get under your skin and, and do things to like, make you draw fouls so like schroeder just steps in front of him and flops down yep. and they call an offensive foul and then earlier in the quarter he had a moving screen called where the i forgot who it was that he screened um maybe siakam but they they like flailed like they got yeah <laughs> hit I by a boulder that. or something and like so yeah you just got to be really careful if you're scoot to not get put in positions where veterans take advantage of, of that aggressiveness and, and use it against you to, to draw fouls. Because uh, like I'm saying that that's a vet move to get to the free throw line. So if you're in the penalty or something and vets know that you're overplaying them and, and being physical, they can just uh, use those crafty moves and, and get you into foul trouble and then get to the line in the penalty. Um, so he's, yeah, he's definitely got to be careful with that. Yeah, uh, when we were doing that, we did that action like three times in a row where uh, mm-hmm. I forgot. it Was was it Brogdon bringing it up? I can't remember exactly who was bringing it up. No, it was Grant bringing it up yeah, with and then, uh, Scoot and with screen, Scoot with screen, and then yeah. uh, then someone would run in. The, I can't remember. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the players at the moment. But Scoot, the first time around, it like worked, and then the second time, he like 
got this you know screen they called him for the foul yeah. so that sucked but yeah it, it was mm-hmm. cool to see them go to it three times in a row though so i mean it right. felt like we were actually trying to do something yeah it was cool and then each time it like one part of it didn't work so they went to the next part mm-hmm. of it and so yeah hopefully they can build off that create some new wrinkles out of that offense um that'd be cool um what do you think of deandre ayton against the raptors uh man uh i think dominating was in full effect absolutely <laughs> yeah. killer on the boards uh 23 rebounds if i'm not mistaken um just absolutely everywhere on the court i mean he had a really nice block i believe in the first half um that i'm not sure a lot of people like really noticed because it was like just kind of really quick and i forgot who it was oh. but it, it was yeah someone tried to post him up and he just, was it purple and he spun yeah. it was either purple or siakam and they spun to the baseline and it looked like they were going to get an easy lay-in and he just swatted it out of their yeah what, yeah like one of them when he just like swatted it right back to him it was awesome <laughs> so deandre uh i mean he's been good and there's been a lot of hate on him right now but i think that's just because that's the popular thing to do uh, but in my opinion, he's been everything we could have wanted so far. Um, absolutely. Do- the last three games, he's been amazing on the boards. First game was, you know, not great for a lot of people. So, um, I mean, I think it was an all around just, you know, bad game for everybody. But, I mean, I feel like he's been pretty good for us. And I'm I'm happy to see um, that, you know, wh- what kind of production we get out of him so far. Did you happen to see his post game interview tonight? Uh, yeah. So, I actually saw you guys talking about it. So, I went to go watch it and... Yeah, it was really cool to see him sound, you know, pretty he was pretty happy, you know. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I feel like he's like maturing a little bit. I, it does I, feel like I, that, yeah. I really hope that's the case cuz um I don't know, like if this game happened last year even though he got 23 rebounds, I feel like he's still kind of upset that he wasn't part of the offense enough and only had 10 points and um you know, should have had a lot more. Uh but I think this this time i feel like he thinks he helped contribute a lot even though he didn't score and that's that's something that's encouraging to me because that's always been my biggest concern with him is that he he'll get into these funks where he's if he's not getting force fed the ball that like he'll he'll let that affect other parts of his game and then linger into following games as well but he seems to to not be caring too much about uh, his shot selection and stuff or his shot diet Cause, because, like, normally he would, I don't know, be demanding the ball or saying, even though we won tonight, like, oh, I need to – I we won, but I, I, I could be a bigger part of the offense or something, you know. And yeah. uh, so it's really encouraging to see him go out and – and be happy after a game, praise some of his teammates, like not talk anything about, you know, not being happy or anything. So I I think that's really good. And man, if he just keeps working on the boards and playing solid defense, that's, that's really all you really want from him, right? Like you don't need him to be in beat or something scoring 30 points a game. I mean, it'd be nice if he scored more, but um, like, I don't think we have to force it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's been, I don't know if there was something in Phoenix he didn't like. I don't know if he just didn't like the water or whatever it was. He, there was something <laughs> in Phoenix that just wasn't clicking for him. I, I'm not sure. It just like, it sounds like him and Monty Williams didn't get along. And obviously he just wasn't happy there. And then when he first got here, I remember the vi- first video that dropped, he sounds so happy to be here, which is something 
that I like, I felt like we never saw DeAndre Ayton smile in Phoenix and it was cool <laughs> to see him smile like first day of being here. And uh, that has carried over so far. And it's, it's a good thing because, you know, it's, there's been character issues and it seems like so far at least that it's just been that maybe it was just, he was unhappy in Phoenix all along and he's just happy to be somewhere else. And it's not going to matter too much if he's scoring or not. He sounds like He's not caring about that enough, right? Or not, or he's not caring about it too much, at least, which is, you know, obviously not what we wanted uh, because it's more selfish than what you want out of your center. A guy like DeAndre Drayton so far, I've been very happy uh, with what he's done for us. I I do wonder why James Jones and and I don't know how much uh, Vogel had to do with this, but um, that they didn't give him a shot to see how he'd do with a new coach before moving him for so little um so yeah it's that might be one of those things uh i mean nurk nurk has been fine i think he's a good fit there um but you know anytime you give up on a number one pick who you had really high hopes for it's always uh curious to see or to hear why you you just gave up on him so fast without even seeing if monty and his butting of heads was the problem uh, but at least the Blazers get the benefit from it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pro- – I mean, immediately he unfollowed, what, Katie and Devin Booker right away. So maybe it was a damaged relationship with them. Um, yeah. And then I remember we kind of talked about this where Aiden said uh, that the Suns fulfilled his request. So maybe he just, like, wanted out, like, regardless. He didn't no, care true. that there was a new coach in town. Like, he was just like, okay, I'm done with this scenario. I want to be out of here. So maybe that was part of it. And also another part of it is maybe Phoenix is like, we don't want to pay you this much when, you know, obviously Beal, Booker, and Durant are going to be the vocal point of this offense while you're going to have to just be a role-playing center. So that there's probably, you know, a bunch of factors that went into that most likely. Yeah. I w- Man, if they would have signed and traded him that offseason instead of allowing uh, Indiana to match that contract, I still wonder what would have happened there because they, they probably could have gotten Miles Turner. Yep. That would have been pretty awesome. And that would have been an insane, like if they had Miles Turner on top of KD and and Beal and and Booker right now, because they they wouldn't have probably had to do anything, um, like contract wise. They would have had all the same assets to make the KD and and Booker or uh, Beal trades. So, um, it's a big what if, but. Yeah, definitely. Miles Turner, uh, someone, you know, Collins and Miles Turner, are two guys, in my opinion, have been in trade rumors forever. Mm-hmm. Collins obviously was finally moved. Miles Turner's trade rumors have shut down maybe just a little bit, but I'm, I'm assuming they'll creep back up. Uh, it also kind of depends how good the paces are once we near the deadline. But um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see Miles Turner in Phoenix. And honestly, I thought it was going to happen. I thought for sure that like there was going to be a sign and trade, but it never ended up happening. And uh, I still thought it was going to be on the table potentially as well, but it's not like the Pacers didn't want eight anymore. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see that happen if it did. Mm-hmm. So speaking of teams wanting other players, uh, how are you feeling about the veterans on this team? Are you happy we have some vets that are playing and, uh, you know, taking up minutes or are you on the, the team where you, we need to move most of those guys before the deadline to free up some room. So it's weird. So I think for the veterans, we would, you know, probably put what Brogdon, Grant, and Thibel in those in that mix. Probably. Yeah. Is there anybody else I'm missing in there? I mean, we can. Robert Williams is kind of on yeah, that fence where he's, he's young enough to, to 
to do that, but we do have Aiton. If if we're paying him, I don't know how much they're going to be able to figure out playing together and stuff. So I I would maybe yeah, like yeah, it's either way you could include him or not. So I mean Thibault, uh he's I mean I feel like his minutes have reduced quite a bit, so it kind of sucks like that we paid him this much money and his like minutes aren't even <laughs> like that crazy. And then uh, as far as Jeremy Grant's concerned, you know, it's going to be, uh, I feel like for me, Jeremy Grant's, I'm going to have a love hate relationship relationship with him all season, as long as he's here or, you know, throughout whenever long he's here, because like I said on, you know, the post game show, the, the ISOs for Grant were annoying. And it's, even in the first quarter, I, I remember one possession where Jeremy Grant had the ball like the whole time. And then like, he kept then like Siakam kept jabbing it away from him and then Grant would pick yeah, it back yeah. up. It like, happened like twice and then Grant took it to the rim and it went nowhere. Uh, yeah, but Grant yeah, overall, he had a pretty good game tonight still regardless. So like part of me likes that Grant is still here. Then the other part of me is like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait till this guy is gone. Brogdon on the other hand, he's actually been really good off the bench for us and he was pretty clutch for us tonight as well. Probably a huge part of why we won this game. Uh, I mean, I... I don't know. It's hard to gauge. Like, do we want to keep them to try to win? But like, it doesn't, I feel like we also should just be trying to lose, even though we've been kind of doing that without trying. It feels yeah. like so. I don't think I have to try very hard. <laughs> yeah. Like it does feel like I have to try very hard. Uh, but I would be, I would still be on team moving them that we could let short, you know, Shane Sharp, you know, and Shane Sharp, like scoot Simons or all the other young players, Kamar, like let their wings fly even more. So I would be on the camp of still moving them uh, if I were to make that decision come trade deadline. But overall, I've been pretty uh, happy with like what Brogdon's been able to do. Although I know I will say uh, he does seem he does dribble the ball a lot. It feels like and doesn't pass like enough. Yeah. Uh, but um, other than that, I mean they've been fine. Grant, I'm gonna again. Sometimes he annoys the hell out of me, but other times you know he's been all right. Brogdon and Grant definitely have some stretches where they're just trying to get theirs. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that, if you're trying to have like a ball movement and uh, free flowing offense, it is kind of annoying to watch. Um, but yeah, they're they're really good players too. So like most good players do have their ISO moments. Um, so one thing that's happened since our last show uh, that kind of ties into this. Um, for me, at least for the conversation for Malcolm Brogdon, is uh, our guy who we both love, Anthony Simons, um, ends up hurting his thumb in the first game. I think he played uh, a lot of last year with a, a, a thumb injury. He had that like weird brace on it for a while or that sleeve. Um, I, was that last year or the year before? Maybe both. Uh, I I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember either, unfortunately. But he did have a while where he was wearing something over his thumb, so I don't know if he re-injured that um, in the first game, and then it, they just thought maybe, man, this isn't hasn't gotten better in a while. Let's let's have surgery. But it was just so disappointing because uh, I felt like he had some really good moments in that first game, and then to see him go from probable to questionable to out four to six weeks yeah, within so like a span of about. 15 hours or so um so what did you think first uh when you saw the news that he was going to be out that long and then um how that's going to impact the team moving forward so yeah i was pretty upset to see it at first and then i immediately try to think of the positives and i immediately turn okay sharp gets his opportunity with scoot so scoot and sharp get to start like most people wanted 
uh, which I still love both of them obviously as well. So that, that was my main uh, thought process. Like it's not like Simon is out for the season. So I know he'll be back eventually. So I was just excited for sharp to get the opportunity to start. And uh, he's been great. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if we can get into that eventually. I'm sure. In this yeah. Episode, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Sharp's been, uh, we'll get to it, but yeah, Simon's, I was sad. Of course, game one, he looked pretty good. Uh, the game ended, you know, I don't even think he played his full minutes. It felt like maybe he did. I don't know. It didn't feel like he did anyway, but, um, it sucked, man. At the end of the day, it sucks, uh, but he'll be back. And then it'll be interesting to see what we do when he's back for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause tying that back into Malcolm Brogdon, I, I think it looks fine right now because we don't have that fourth guard. I, I know Skylar Mays has played a little bit, but, uh, I'm talking about like the main guys. So, um, yeah, it's like it's easy to play Brogdon a lot and keep him happy right now, but we don't know how it would have played out for like multiple game stretches. If you're you're trying to play four guards, like do you have to play a lot of three, maybe four guard lineups? Uh, do you have to? How do you how do you shuffle that around and how do you balance uh, Brogdon taking over games at the end? with you know scoot and sharp and anthony probably needing to learn how to do that as well um and it probably sooner rather than later would be more beneficial so yeah i think ultimately they probably have to move brogdon just to create that unless you know one of the three are injured more long term but yeah for right now well one of them's out it it's fine but um yeah i just I don't know. Sometimes when when Broad is in the game, they I feel like he's he's like he's running the offense and he's he's uh, dribbling the ball a lot, uh, maybe even over dribbling at times. And I just with without Anthony, I just want to see like Scoot and and Sharp take over that role and and try to be able to do that. And even if they can't, they need to learn how how to do that. And uh, uh, it's weird because Scoot is, I mean, he's a point guard. He should be able to set up the offense and and do all that. But um, he hasn't really looked super comfortable, especially at the beginning of games doing that. Um, He's he's picked up his dribble a lot. Um, He's thrown some really lazy passes um, across the court that have gotten picked off. Uh, He's lost the ball after it after the tip off uh, in the first game, you know, like it seems like he's always kind of, um, I don't know, just stuck, stuck in like scared mode or something at the beginning of games. And hopefully this stretch in the Toronto game is, uh, is, is something that he can build some confidence on, but uh, it, it's just weird. Cause we don't really have a dynamic or, even like dependable set up the offense ball handler between those three that are playing right now without Anthony. And uh, we, we see how, how a team could struggle on offense without that. Yeah. I mean, even tonight when I was watching, like, I, I mean, it's already been happening anyways, but like, I was like, man, I wish Scoot was handling the ball right now. Cause like <laughs> Scoot would be playing yeah. off of Brogdon a lot tonight when they were on the court together. I was like, I mean, I wish Scoot just had the ball right now. I just feel like, Having Scoot on the ball just sounds like a lot better, and it just like feels like what we should be doing. But it's you know been Brogdon more often, um, and I want Scoot to be challenged in that way, which is why 
when Simons is back, it is going to be weird to see what happens with these four guards. Like, I don't know how that's going to balance each other out. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, but one thing I will say is, like, if the Blazers' plan was to, like, you know, have Brogdon show off that he's still really good. I mean, I think he's done that. So <laughs> right, yeah. I guess like maybe his trade value is boosted well, up now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, that was one of the problems this summer with his trade value is um, I know it was mostly because uh, the Celtics demanded an answer right away without letting the Clippers do a full physical, but he was actually traded for the 30th pick in the draft and was kind of like a salary dump to the Clippers at, um, bef it was part of the Porzingis trade. Uh, but then the Clippers backed out because they didn't really like what they were seeing on the medicals and they didn't have time to do the full physical. Uh, so from that point, it was almost like he had no value because um, like teams were scared of him or like, why would the Clippers uh, deny that trade? They were, basically given up nothing for him uh so why would they not want to do that uh and take at least take a chance on him if they even thought he could remotely be healthy so just the fact that he's been on the court hasn't shown any signs of being injured um he has had some issues the last couple of years uh, but yeah seeing him healthy on the court and playing decently enough um i think should definitely raise his trade value back to at least what it was when he was traded from Indiana to Boston. And that was what they got a first round pick and a bunch of like salary a bunch of contracts and like Aaron, Aaron Neesmith, Neesmith was part of that trade. And now he yeah. got extended and he yeah. actually, uh, Neesmith made a post area. He posted on his story the other day <laughs> yeah. about how someone was making fun of how the Celtics only gave up a paperclip for him. And he's like, I forgot exactly what Neesmith said, but he felt obviously disrespected. He's mm -hmm. been pretty solid in Indiana since he's gotten there. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I would like to think that Brogdon's value has gone up maybe a little bit, if not more than that, uh, since he started playing. I mean, he's been pretty good for us off the bench. Uh, so I'm hoping, I mean, I think eventually he has to move. He's the guy that I've been saying this. I don't think there's any way he can stay past the deadline. It doesn't make any sense to me if he does at all. Like, it would make no sense. Yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil a future video for you, but what uh, if you were doing a video, like, uh, let's just say we're like a month from now, Anthony's back, and um, it's just not working out trying to play all four of them, and Broaden's only down to 20 minutes or something. Who are you? Uh, what are some of the teams you're looking at to move him to and what are you looking to get back brogdon uh if i'm moving brogdon i would say clippers would still be on the list because i think they're a team that still has a lot of expiring contracts and they have you know a couple first first round picks as well um as far as another team i think philadelphia is still interesting because like maxi has taken a jump so far uh he's been done everything they could have wanted so far with the harden thing going on Maybe they'd value Brogdon as another guy that could somewhat replace Harden. So Philadelphia is interesting, although they don't have like a ton to give up. So I feel like a three-team trade would have to be in that scenario. So I'm not really sure how that would work. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other teams at the top of my head for Brogdon that can make some sense. Uh, and I don't, I mean, 
Yeah, I don't know if I can think of another one. Those are the two teams that immediately popped up in my head, but I'm sure I'm blanking on like an obvious destination. Well, like Miami. Yeah. I don't know if we could do business with them. <laughs> I but, know. It's so yeah. it's so weird. Like <laughs> yeah. would would either Portland's front office or Miami's front office even pick up the phone right now <laughs> if, Probably not. if they called? Or is it a situation where like they're professional enough to do what's best for their teams? Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's so weird if we end up trading Brogdon to Miami. <laughs> that would just, it would almost be fitting in a way. It definitely would be. It would make some sense too. Miami, you know, I think getting yeah. Brogdon would be a guy that could help them. So, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they'd want if there was a way to do like Brogdon and Lowry, or not Brogdon and Lowry, Brogdon and Thibel for like Lowry's expiring contract and picks or something. Oh, that would We're, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I like it. We already know what their asset pool is. Yeah, man, <laughs> let's get <laughs> let's get Orlando Robinson and Kyle Lowry and some some uh, picks. Yeah, uh, for those guys and and call it a day. Yeah, I, I, so, that's not a bad idea. I actually like that so, idea. Something tells me they're not going to want to trade with us. Though. No, We're not going to want to trade with them and just out of principle. It's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how much you paid attention back then, but um, so Kevin Pritchard uh, was the Blazers GM mm-hmm. for a while. And uh, he had like this really weird way he got fired and he still Paul Allen made him do the draft still. Yeah, Rich and... Rich actually uh, taught me about this because yeah. yeah, but go ahead. I won't go too uh, deep into what I was gonna say. Yeah. But uh so in twenty seventeen when Paul George was getting traded, the Blazers actually had three first round picks in that draft. Yep. And yep, that's uh, exactly what I was gonna go with. This. Yeah, and so they had uh, uh the rumor is they called and offered all three first and anyone on the roster outside of um, Dame, CJ, and Nurk. And uh, or Nurk might have been a free agent, so it might not have mattered. But um, yeah, so uh, Indiana, just Kevin Pritchard just refused to even yep. trade with Portland because uh, uh, he just didn't want to like make a move or give uh paul allen paul george and uh so yeah it's kind of funny like it it does happen to where politics come into play yep i actually yeah i comment yeah i literally commented that exact thing on one of his videos i forgot what it was but i said or i think it was one trade that we wish happened or something like that and i was like paul george George. like when he requested a trade we had three first round picks yeah, and like yeah. I knew we were in on it, and then we didn't get him. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know about the Pritchard thing at the time. I actually had no idea, and he yeah. told me about it. So yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and it, it's so weird because uh, Oladipo had had some good moments in the NBA, but I mean he wasn't anything like Mm-mm. special or All Star level like he became in 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 Indiana. Um, and then Sabonis was coming off his rookie year where he didn't even play a whole lot, didn't really show much. I mean, he was he was okay, but like he wasn't like uh like some sort like it wasn't anything close to what he is now or like showing that he could be a such a dynamic um big man. So like it was it was thought of at the time as like 
that's all they got for Paul George. Like they didn't yeah. even get any picks. Like, like they got two guys who were kind of role players or whatever, or like, just and both like, of them became stars out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they both become all stars <laughs> in Indiana and it's crazy, but like, so you look back at that trade and it's obviously a great trade probably for both teams since OKC didn't do much with him, but they got that haul for him, including SGA uh, just for, for uh, trading him to the Clippers. But, and then the Pacers uh, turns the bonus into Halliburton. So, but like at the time, like everyone was like, man, like no other team could beat that offer. Like that seems pretty weak. And so, um, yeah, it's, you always wonder if it wasn't, if it just didn't happen to be the one team that had a GM that didn't want to trade with us, if, <laughs> if uh, three first in that loaded draft and they had the 18th, 17th or 18th pick and they took TJ uh, Leaf, uh, which was a horrible pick too. Oh yeah, it didn't um, last long at all. But yeah, you you just, when you, when you like play GM of like, I mean, you obviously do that <laughs> on YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, so you just think about the Blazers were able to trade 15 and 20 and move up to 10. And then uh, they would have still had 18 and 25. So they they kind of realistically ended up with like uh, Donovan Mitchell at 10 or something. And, and then... Uh, like John Collins or something or OG at 18 and then like um, Kyle Kuzma or something <laughs> at 25. Like that would have been like a pretty big haul. Uh, and, you know, Mitchell is, you know, an all-star as well. So like, I mean, they would have gotten a player better than Oladipo potentially. Um, so yeah, it's just weird to think about like how that could have changed the dynamic and then, how does Paul George play in Portland? Does he even stay after a year or does he just bolt for LA? Like everyone thought he was going to be going to do at the time. So yeah, it's always, it's always a weird dynamic when it comes to like GMs that have some sort of grudge against a certain team. And that definitely came into play this summer. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, always be nice to your peers. (laughs) If, if there's any lesson to learn from this, it's that. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of the situation this summer, uh, we've got Damian Lillard. Have have you had a chance to watch any of his games yet? Uh, I watched uh, game one, of course. Uh, it was nationally televised. There were only two games on. So I watched that one. Um, and what a night he had on that night. I did not watch. I think they've played what? Have they played three or four games? I they think played they played three. That's okay, I was going to say they only played three. I didn't watch the second game. Uh, they lost to the Hawks anyway. So it sounded like I didn't miss anything. And then uh, tonight I watched like the very end, uh, but I didn't like see anything too much. Yeah. So he had one amazing game, one absolutely awful game for his standards and then one kind of average game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the really bad game was surprising uh, just because like he's in Portland, at least there was very few, like even his bad nights were, (laughs) you know like close to 20 points they weren't like four or six points or whatever yeah. you know so it, it's always shocking to see um a box score that includes him being so low and i know a lot of it was 
they were getting blown out and they had a game a back-to-back so they just decided to pull the shoot early on that one um but yeah it's, it's still it's still kind of jarring to see how bad he played in that one yeah, in game one, he was electrifying. Uh, he was, like, literally, I think he made a bunch of Blazers fans sad as I were watching the game because, like, this is what we were like, man, I was wa- as I was watching it, like, uh, as t- start- towards the end, I was like, man, I miss this guy so much on our team. Like, he was hitting some clutch buckets. I'm like, that's yeah. what he used to do here. Like, uh, you know, I, I haven't really been that sad about it because I'm happy about him in Milwaukee, but watching him play – that night, game one, and putting on a show in front of the whole world, I was like, you know, probably watching that game. Uh, wow, yeah. breaking news. James Harden has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's go. We got Live on about. episode one of this Hoop Trash podcast. Episode wow. five. Uh, yeah, episode five. Sorry, I don't know why I said episode one. <laughs> or whatever I said. I don't know. Episode five, James Harden to the Clippers. Uh, the conversation has not been said yet, but Woj has just broke it. That's pretty crazy. It's, it is the real Woj. It is the real Woj. I'm you not getting trolled get... here. <laughs> I don't have, those get ca- I don't, I don't have notifications you. on for a, a fake Woj. So, I, dude, yeah, I, I figured something was up because there's no way he was going to play. Yeah, I mean, if like they said he was reconditioning or yeah. ramping up to playing or whatever, but there was no way he was playing. I was watching him at the against the Blazers on the bench. So I was like, "There's, there's no <laughs> chance." All quick, right, yeah. Quick so, guess: Do you think Terrence Mann's in the trade? Uh, yes, I think he is too. We'll see. Um, we'll keep talking, and then as the conversation breaks. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing I, saying what it was, uh, what the trade was yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Maury is the type that they're a, that's a Philadelphia GM. He's he's the type that one. I don't know. I'd be surprised if he just gave in and yeah, did, definitely didn't he's let stubborn them as hell. We know give that. a bunch of <laughs> bunch of stuff up or all the things he's wanted. Um, what this does do though, uh. Cause I'm assuming there's going to have to be a uh, contract filler, like uh, Marcus Morris and stuff um, as well. So what that does do is give Philadelphia another big expiring contract potentially to move later on. And now they, they couldn't trade anything but a 2030 first. So if they got a first out of this trade, that does give them another asset to potentially use a marcus morris contract combine it maybe with a couple other contracts they have and, and go after someone at the deadline like brogdon send them our way send those yes. send that clippers pick to us or i'm assuming they get a clippers pick out of this trade. i think i think morris comes really close to matching brogdon yeah, so they like, wouldn't have to like a small contract or something so yeah morris so basically they get if it's terrence man marcus morris and a first or something let's just guess um yeah. That would be they could basically give us Morris and a first for Brogdon eventually, and so it would be Man and Brogdon for Harden. I don't think that's terrible. No, it's not. That's kind of similar to the Oladipo Sabonis thing we were talking about. Yeah, well, at sure. at the time, obviously, Oladipo and Sabonis became better for Indiana than Brogdon and and Man would be. But yeah, one so, yeah, guy. Yeah, I was going to wait till they say something, but uh, one guy that I've been very happy 
uh, to watch, which we t- we said we were going to talk about him a little bit earlier. Or earlier, Shaden Sharp. I mean, okay. I don't know when you wanted to get to that, but yeah. like he has been phenomenal so far, in my opinion. Like uh, I might be going, you know, I don't know if that's a crazy word to say, but I think his ex. Like we've always worried about his motor, and I feel like he's just been been really good. Like I haven't had any concerns with him since seeing him play this season so far. Uh, I feel like his handle has even gotten a little bit better. He does lose, st- lose it still at times, obviously, but like I feel mm. like uh, he feels confident out there. Uh, he had a really nice move on OG Nobi today that I really loved at the beginning. It was awesome. And then, uh, I mean, I think he's averaging around like 19 right now. He's been just, uh, he's been everything that we could have wanted. I feel like uh, he has shown up in a lot of places that we wanted to see him develop in, in so many different areas. And I feel like he's done just that. Um, and then also had that amazing block where he was above the rim tonight as well. Like, <laughs> Shaden Sharp has been everything that we I could have wanted so far. I feel like his development has really showed, and I'm very happy to have seen it so far. Yeah, the only thing for me is just uh, you know being a little more efficient. Um, yeah, definitely. He has struggled to shoot the ball a little bit, um, but I don't think he's taken super bad shots. He's occasionally he gets like a little out of control on some of his fadeaways and steps way too far back. And it's like yeah. such a, he makes it so much harder than he is. Cause I don't think he realizes that with how high he can jump, he can just elevate from where he is and, and get his shot up pretty much over anyone. So he doesn't need to have such a, uh, a crazy step back or, or fadeaway shot. <laughs> like like he, he could go into the defender more actually, and, and then raise up and he probably, get to the line a lot more but that's something that'll come down the road for him that he still has several years to figure that out but i've just been so impressed with the way he he reads the game and reads the defense um and that was one of my biggest concerns about him um just understanding how to play and and his feel for the game um without you know the experience of college basketball and uh you know, early on, he's he's a quiet guy. So some of his interviews, um, he's he wasn't very well spoken, uh, at least a, a, in the pre-draft process and and all that. So you were like, okay, does this guy just not like to talk, or does he not know like any of the answers to the questions about like what to do or like what a pick and roll is or whatever? And and so like I'm I'm so happy that that was those uh concerns are all gone because this guy has shown that he can he can learn on the fly and and pick up things i mean this guy he didn't even look like he could pass the ball like speaking of players that don't pass like i was starting to wonder if he would ever like even average like an assist a game at some point last year because he just like did not know how to pass and then all of a sudden he's like making advanced passing reads and stuff. And it's like, how, like wait, what? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And now he's doing it consistently where he's actually, uh, uh, I think it was the magic game that um, I was on the post game show for, but there were several possessions where like Scoot was finding him in the backcourt to bring up the ball. So Scoot could not have to get the pressure of, of initiating the offense and scoot or sharp was having to to take that burden on and uh yeah i think he's he's been uh i mean pretty much as good as you could ask for given um 
all the pressure on him to to be a ball handler at that young of an age. It's that's a that's a hard thing to do, as we've seen with Scoot Hilly like Scoot not being able to to handle a lot of pressure um when he has the ball this year. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Very impressive uh out of short. Yeah, the ball handling has been the most impressive thing to me because I feel like last year he couldn't dribble at all, it felt like, or he would just always lose the ball. And um, again, he's still like, he's not like perfect by any means yet, but I think he's improved remotely, uh, which is something I think a lot of us had concerns with, especially uh, seeing him in summer league. I think there were some concerns there as well, but like, I, I've just been very impressed with, with, with what I've seen through four games from Shaden Sharp so far. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them try to get him more shots, especially with Anthony out. Yeah, I agree. Um, he that. only takes 10 shots against the Raptors. Um, I just feel like we should be running some more offense and plays to get him more involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not enough shots. 10 shots is not enough, especially, as you said, Simons is out. Like, I know we have Grant Brogdon, you know, shooting as well, but Sharp should be the guy right now, in my opinion, shooting the most shots on the team easily. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. Yep. Instead, we got Brogdon and Grant. Grant. Yeah, like just in a perfect world, we'd flip that, right? Like Sharp would be taking 21 shots a game and Brogdon would be taking 10 or something. And uh, and I think that would be perfect. But um, yeah, I think it'll still come for Sharp. Um, But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them run a little bit more actions to force him get the ball. I don't I don't think we need to do it for Aiton. But I think Sharp, like, I don't think he's unhappy with his shots, like, amount or anything. Like, he just wants to play. But, like, I, I just want him to develop faster. So I want him to get these shots now and and just keep shooting and stuff. So, uh, but I, I don't want him to force bad shots or anything. Yeah, that's another thing. I feel like he hasn't, like, forced shots too much. I think he's been playing kind of within the flow. Don't be wrong. Sometimes he will. But, like, most of the mm-hmm. time, he's not really forcing anything, which um is good in a way but also i mean like you want him to be a little bit more aggressive but i also do like he's just kind of playing the flow of things a little bit yeah absolutely um so yeah still no no yeah no nothing has been dropped by uh the details of the trade yet i'm still waiting but i haven't seen anything yet uh which i'm surprised by because right. the tweet came Usually out they... like 10 minutes ago and or maybe less than that, but mm-hmm. Woj usually would follow with, you know, blah, blah, blah has been traded for, you know, whatever. So we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm just kind of surprised by that. So do you think uh, Harden is a good move by the Clippers or do you think that's, uh, that's going to be like a, a dumpster fire? It all depends on what they gave up. I'm assuming they didn't give up anything crazy, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, if you're Steve Ballmer, <laughs> I don't hate it because you've invested so much to bring Kawhi and Paul George here, and you've got nothing out of it so far. What a Western Conference Finals appearance one time? Did they even make, or I don't even think they made it to conference. Did they? Or no, they did in the bubble, right? Did they make it in the conference finals? In the no bubble? bubble. They lost in the second the first round, round, wasn't it? Was it their first or second round? I thought in the bubble they made it to the second round or conference yeah. finals, but I can't remember. Regardless, it has ended up in a championship. That's the main thing that they want. That was pandemic P. Yeah, no finals, no NBA finals either. Um, so it has not worked out, which is why, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, both on player options, uh, you know, they could walk this season. I mean, both of them love LA, so I'm assuming they'd want to stay. 
Uh, and obviously, Balmer has to decide whether or not he wants to resign those guys, which uh, I don't know. It kind of, I, I think it kind of depends on how this season goes, but you might as well just push your chips all in even further and see what happens. So, I mean, James Harden, I mean, next to Russell Westbrook, the fit, it's going to be weird. I feel like there's the fit is going to be a little weird in my opinion, but you got the star name, I guess. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, when the Lakers did that with Russ, it didn't work out so well. I think uh, Russell Westbrook and with the Clippers has been fine, though. I think he's been pretty solid. Uh, but bringing James Harden into this equation where Harden's more of a ball handler as well, um, I don't know if you want to play Russell Westbrook off ball that much, but it should be interesting. I don't really know whether or not it's going to work, but I don't blame Balmer and the Clippers for doing this. I don't because... Again, yeah. might as well just go for it. Like you're already this deep, might as well dig your you know shoes even deeper. I I completely agree. Um, something we've mentioned on this show before, uh, but I don't know if if a lot of people remember this when we have conversations. But the Clippers' new arena is scheduled to open next season, so um, they absolutely don't want to lose uh Kawhi and Paul George and and have like one of the worst teams in the league while they're trying to um separate from the Lakers and have their own arena and not have to play or be second fiddle in their own stadium anymore um so I I think that is a key and we know Balmer is probably maybe with the exception of the Warriors uh, probably cares the least about spending money and how much money it costs to win. So um, I think he just will, or I guess Matt Ishbia would be number one, right? Um, he came in and wanted to spend as much money as possible. But I think Balmer's kind of in that same realm that if he thinks he can buy a championship, he absolutely would. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't mind it either, um, especially since you're probably not going to have to give up anything that was like a part of like a crucial part to winning a championship. So you might as well take that risk. It's just Harden's worn out as welcome in so many places. And they did have a Russell Westbrook, James Harden duo in Houston. Um, and Houston gave up a lot for him. And it actually, there was all kinds of rumors that, uh, Westbrook was mad about how much or what the lack of structure with Harden and Harden always just wanted to freelance and go like one what like one person on top and then four shooters in the corner and just um play that way and Westbrook wanted more set plays and things like that so um it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic but uh we do know that Russell has been seemingly uh fit in and and not really caused any problems and has been fine and kind of a lesser role in the with the clippers so far so much so that they um were fine resigning him uh so yeah i i don't know i think it could still work and i think harden's still a good enough player and he won't have to be relied upon to be the man uh short of injuries so i i, th I think it's a really good move yeah, I don't. I, again, it's. I think it's worth the risk. Might as well take it. Obviously, Harden's had his problems with. I feel like a lot of guys he's played with. I mean, him and Chris Paul. There was a lot of rumors about them not getting along towards the end there. Russell Westbrook, as you said, 
I don't I don't know for sure if there was problems between Kyrie and James Harden, but it kind of felt like there might have been. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know for sure. Um, and of course, yeah, there was because that's why he got traded to yeah, Philly because uh, Kyrie's availability. Yeah, he was he was mad that Kyrie wasn't more dedicated to uh, you know yeah, I playing mean, and helping them win. <laughs> yeah, I mean at the I mean the way things were going at that time, I can't really blame Harden. But at the same time, Harden's no saint either. Um, mm-hmm. He has, you know, obviously forced his way out of now two teams. So um, it, it's going to be interesting among the Clippers. Well, three teams, basically. Cause... Yeah, Houston, yeah. then Brooklyn, and then Philly. So, yeah, three yeah. teams, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he won't be able to – I'm assuming he won't cause them any problems in L.A. Uh, I mean, he, I don't even think he can resign there anyway. So, like, it's not like he can stay there and then cause problems. So, um, I mean, unless if he like signs a he, cheaper deal, right? Can't or do they have? No, they're not have his bird they, rights, right? They do have his full bird rights because oh, remember okay. he accepted his player option. He's not oh, on a one year deal. Okay. It's a, it's a continuation of his last contract, so it'll be enough years, I think. Plus, uh, it doesn't matter if you're making, unless he was getting paid like they wanted to pay him like fifty million or whatever, because yeah. it's uh even no bird rights is like. Uh, I don't know exactly what the percentage is uh, off the top of my head in the new CBA, but in the previous one, it was like 110% of what you made last year, and he's making $36 million, So they could still pay him, even if they had no bird rights, uh, almost $40 million. Uh, so, so, yeah, they could absolutely resign him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George were all free agents, how they would handle that. I mean, would Harden mm-hmm. resign for cheaper? I'm assuming he would have to. Um, yeah. Kawhi and Paul George depends again it's gonna be interesting just don't LA, lie to him <laughs> yeah don't lie to him because he'll never play for you again That's, yeah it's so weird because uh like obviously you you just laid out how he's forced his way out of three teams and so I don't have really any sympathy for him especially the way he handled it in yeah. Houston at the end and um like he obviously was checked out uh but if you're just looking at the Philly situation in a vacuum, I do kind of feel bad for him because this is a guy who could have opted out and signed like a max contract. And instead um, he, he takes less money so that they could sign uh, PJ Tucker and stay under the hard cap. And they got Daniel house too, which is a bad signing, but that was part of the equation as well. And then um, the allegedly the promise was that they would take care of him this offseason with a big contract. And then this offseason came and they were they realized that he, you know, was kind of showing some signs of wearing down a little bit and didn't want to pay him a max anymore. And and that I mean that sucks for you to to take less money. And that's why I'll never blame like people all the time say like, Oh, Dame should have taken less money in Portland. So the team could assign more players. Like even if he took like 20 million less this season, it doesn't mean that the team's yeah. going to use that money wisely or use it at all. They might just pocket the savings and not go as far over the cap or into the tax or whatever. So uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of just uh, not blaming anyone for taking uh, the money, especially when you're a younger player. 
I mean, maybe when you're old, as old as Harden is and, and you want to win a championship or whatever, prove that you can win a, a ring, um, you should probably maybe take a little bit less. But um, but yeah, I've, I kind of I kind of feel bad for him in Philly, but everything else he's done in his career is kind of a <laughs> yeah, race like me true. from feeling too bad for him. Um. So last thing that I saw, uh, Brett Siegel tweets, there are no details as to what the James Harden trade revolves around yet player wise, but one league source I contact said that the deal is still being worked out. There is a possibility another team is included to take on unwarranted salaries. So hmm. that's interesting. Is Brogdon going to be traded before we even can he be traded right now? That would be interesting. If we could just flip yeah. him right now. That would be wild. Uh, so Brogdon can be traded right now. Uh, See when was that trade? Oh, it was man. Se- the end of September. I was don't it October? Exactly. Well, the Dame trade is what September twenty seventh or twenty fifth or something, and then. Oh wait, I can tell you right now because I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, this pinned on my. It was yeah, December tw- or September twenty seventh is when Dame was traded. So yeah. Um, so that was like a Wednesday. I think Brogdon trade happened like on a Sunday or something. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, 60 days if you want to combine it with anyone, but he can be traded by himself. Uh, do that yeah, one so, rule. I forgot what it's called, but. Yeah, like so, any any player you can trade by themselves, like right away. Um, but if you if you're like trying to combine him and Thibel or him and Grant or something, I mean Grant or Thibel can't be traded right now. But I was just using an example. Or if you want to, tr- I, I guess uh, Robert Williams was in the same trade. So if you wanted to include Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, in the same trade, uh, you'd have to wait 60 days from whenever that trade became official. So it's not quite 60 days yet, but it's not too far away from happening, but I don't think they can combine them. I don't think they'll wait another couple of weeks to make this trade official. So yeah. if it, if it's Brogdon going out, it's probably by himself. Yeah. Uh, we probably won't get the details, uh, it sounds like very soon, uh, at least. Woes just like... woke up to a tweet saying, or like he, his <laughs> phone is blowing up, and then he put it on silent, and he tweets tweets out that Harden got traded, and then puts his phone back on silent. Yeah, he's like, let the world think about what's happening, <laughs> and then we'll see when the details come out. I guess I don't. That's mm-hmm. pretty interesting to have this happen right now. I will say that. Yeah. That's it gave us something fun to I always love when we're on stream and it's like something happens like breaking news like that. So that was cool. Yeah, it was very our cool. Our first our first hoops crush experience with yeah, it. First, yeah, first first time. I, I wish we would have gotten the details, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So uh we already mentioned one of the players we we're gonna talk about in this segment, but uh we're this the first inaugural segment of uh a part we are going to do Uh, hopefully every week and that's called who's crushing it and uh so we're gonna be talking about um like a blazer and then maybe a couple other players around the nba that we think uh deserve to be talked about and that are playing well so obviously like everyone knows like luca and steph and and 
Jokic are killing it right now and are all in the MVP race and stuff, right? So, um, like you can, we can bring those players up, of course, if they do something special or um, if they just have a, an even better week than they normally have. Uh, but I think we're going to look at more players that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about or just players that are having a breakout season or or what it may be. So Brady can feel free to, uh, you know, use that however he wants to, to, to think for who's crushing it. And I'll have my own kind of version of it. Uh, but how many players do you have? Because uh, we already talked, we we're both going to talk about Shaden Sharp as our blazer that's crushing it right now. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about him, but how many uh, do you have two other NBA players that are crushing it? I just have one for today. Okay. Just one. Right. I just want to talk about one. So, uh, all right. So, who's my, your guy? Mine is Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Oh, Brandon to me, Miller. To me, has been really good because obviously the expectation, like, I feel like he was getting a lot of crap, obviously, because of, you know, Summer League and then uh, just some other things. Obviously, the Hornets taking him over Scoot. So, Hornets are calling them stupid for taking Brandon Miller and uh, Brandon Miller's going to be bust. He sucks, whatever. And to me, he's been really good so far. 17 points per game on the season so far. Uh, on opening night, he was a huge reason why they won that game, in my opinion, where he hit two back-to-back threes that were absolutely huge. One of them was like a nice step-back three. Uh, so, yeah. Brandon Miller, to me... Uh, and then tonight he had like 20, although they did lose. I think he ended up with like 23, if I'm not mistaken, maybe more than that. But Brandon Miller, uh, for someone who was getting a lot of crap before the season started and people were, you know, again, just saying he was going to be a bust or whatever. He's terrible. Uh, he's not starting yet, but I'm thinking that's going to change very soon. Maybe they keep him in that bench role. They didn't start LaMelo right away either, though. So I guess I guess this is how they do things. It's not the same coach, but um it's I think Brandon Miller right now is my hoops crush at the moment because I, I just think he's been killing it so far. Yeah, that's that's uh, I was I not to be expecting... different. I want to be different right. as well. So I, I was not go... expecting you to go that way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, it's, it's always weird when someone has a horrible summer league and uh, of course he he also had a horrible NCAA tournament and they got bounced and um, yeah, you begin to wonder, you know, there's the legal stuff too. And like, maybe this guy is just going to be one of those players that just is a cautionary tale of someone who had all this talent and was destined to be really good and made a really bad decision and was never really the same um, and thought of the same. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a small sample size, but it's, it's cool to see that, um, a very similar thing I think happened with, uh, Jabari Smith last year in that he struggled in summer league. Um, he actually though got off to, uh, a pretty bad start in the regular season as well, but then started to come on at the end of the regular season. But by then, a lot of people had already made up their minds that he was a bust and and was never going to amount to anything. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's cool to see uh, when when players that are that talented um, like start to figure it out and and play better when you know when they're struggling and having horrible shooting. Like that guy's shot looks so nice and like he was so good at shooting threes in college. Um, including deep threes, like NBA range threes. 
So like it just doesn't make any sense when he struggles shooting the three or whatever and can't hit a three. It's not like Scoot where you expect him to not hit threes right away. Like that's that was one of the things that should have been an NBA ready skill for him. So yeah, it's just it's cool to see when uh players actually like overcome some of that hate they get um and and pressure of being the number two pick and having to live up to the always everyone comparing you to Scoot. Um Trey Young uh is a guy who has had that his whole career because he was traded for Luca. So like anytime someone mentions one of them, it's always comparing them to the other and, and all that. So um, that's something Brandon Miller is going to have to live with, but yeah, it's good to see that he can actually play it and, and is pretty good. Yeah. The Hornets made the right decision. It looks like, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Were you just saying knots over? <laughs> no, I've seen some people say that. That's why I said it. There's a lot of people saying that right now. Like, Oh, the Hornets made the right decision. Scoot's terrible. You know, that's, that's, that's why I said it. I don't actually think that. Yeah. <laughs> what did you like Brandon Miller before the draft or did you uh, know anything about it no I didn't know anything about it to be honest with okay. I mean obviously I heard about him and I would draft him in 2k because like people create draft classes of the you know, yeah, college sure. guys coming in um and so I would draft him obviously I would you know use him but like I'm not gonna pretend and say you're like Brandon Miller is someone I've been watching for years and I was ready for him coming to the league now I just kind of learned about him as we got closer to the draft so not no Brandon Miller fanatic by any means but obviously learned about him as we got know to the draft yeah the legal stuff was very disappointing but up until like those question marks came up that was like my favorite player to watch in college last year and i just i i freaking loved his game and i i think he's gonna be like the next good wing but on both ends uh kind of like a paul george type player i think he even said paul george yeah, was it's like exactly or something. what he looks up to so <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think i think he'll he'll be fine just yeah it's so weird with charlotte and they're all their <laughs> off-court problems and and stuff that he just ends up on that team and they're the one team that takes him over scoot and and all that kind of stuff it's just pretty funny yeah definitely it's weird that charlotte's just... always has something going on it feels like someone's yeah. always doing something that feels like yeah. I have uh, two guys for my crushing it this week. Uh, one is someone we've already talked about on the show for a minute. And, uh, like, he's probably going to be so good this year that um, he's not going to be a guy we should mention on here because he's he's too good for this segment. But uh, that's Tyrese Maxey. Uh, I just have to give him his props. He's averaging 30.3 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 6.3 assists on 50% shooting, 56% from three, and 91.3% from the free throw line. Uh, This guy uh, is just playing incredible. And that was one thing coming out of uh, college. There were concerns about if he could shoot the ball and stuff and, and if he could shoot in the NBA. And the fact that he's, I mean, he shot over 40% from three last year, I think, and and now is is killing it off the bat this year. I think he's solidifying himself as, um, you know, the next big guard, uh, not big guard, but star guard uh, in the NBA. And I think 
Fortunately for Philly fans, he's going to be the reason why MB doesn't request yep. a trade or, or ask out because this guy is so good. He can pick up the the pieces and then they'll they'll get a few assets, whatever they end up getting. If we ever find out what, yeah, no, what, what happened. Yeah. I'm so mad that I didn't even think to choose Maxi for most improved. Like that never even crossed my mind, and I don't know why. Like, I mean, obviously, if he averages 30 points per game, he's yeah, probably like if shooting. he does, yeah. yeah, he's got to win if he does that. So I don't know why it never even came across my mind. Like that would have been somebody I would have considered if I mm-hmm. thought about it, but I never did for whatever reason. Yeah, I, just, I don't like to pick players that are good. Like I know Jaw won it. Yeah, <laughs> even though he was good the year before and didn't really, like his stats slightly improved. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't really like to do that. Um, I agree. It, it definitely sucks. I, I like it when it's some like someone random, like CJ, Lori Marketing. Like those feel a lot better in my opinion when those happen. Right. Yeah. Are you, how are you feeling about your your picks overall so far? For most for my awards. Yeah. Uh, not not great i don't think i mean simons gets hurt so that's the most yeah. improved it goes down the drain six man norman powell honestly i don't even know what norman powell has done so far i haven't followed him enough cameron thomas has looked like the six man so far yeah. uh but i don't know if the nets will be good enough for him to be considered so i uh, i don't know i don't feel yeah. particularly great but we'll see what happens tatum might uh, be okay but we'll see yeah and this is uh i mean i don't i don't think Ant can be the Anthony Simon, sorry, or is what we're not talking about specifically the Blazers. I guess I have to specify yeah. which ants I'm talking about. Uh, but Anthony Simons, uh, I don't think anyone expected him to come close to these numbers Maxie's putting up right now. Yeah. But I was expecting him to take a big jump. So yeah, it's just unfortunate because I was right there with you. With I think he would have solidified it himself. Uh, maybe as just a step below what Maxi's doing right now. Um, and then my other guy I wanted to mention tonight is Jalen Duran. Um, he's averaging 15 and a half points, 13 and a quarter rebounds and two blocks a game and uh, has looked like one of the best up and coming centers in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, he was someone I considered talking about as well. He's been, he's been amazing, man. Uh, he's been absolutely amazing for Detroit and he is, Everything they could have dreamed of. Getting him and Ivy out of the same draft was a home run. Yeah. And then Cade's been looking pretty decent as well. Um, I know they they played Monday night. Didn't That game didn't go so well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jalen Duran. I mean, double-double machine so far on the season. I mean, he has just been... He's been good, man. It's that simple. Jalen Duran has been... Phenomenal. He's been amazing. And I even saw today, like he had a highlight where he like looked, he was the guy that handled it up top and still found a way to drive to the lane. So mm-hmm. he's just got all the skills you could want for out, out of a big man. And that is, that's someone that's going to be a franchise center for Detroit for a long time. It feels like, man, I, like as well as Aiden's playing, I just keep thinking like if the Blazers had a slightly young younger more athletic uh do it all forward or center like that um because that he can also pass and like you said he, he can handle the ball a little bit um defense is amazing rebounding is amazing um 
you know, it's got a high field goal percentage, but maybe not the best mid-range to three-point shooter. Uh, who knows if he can develop that part of his game eventually. But yes, he's so such a lob threat, such a such a good pick and roll um, target for for Cade there. And uh, yeah, the Blazers play them on Wednesday, uh, so. Uh, this video should be out Wednesday morning. And then we got the Blazers versus the Pistons later on today. So um, we uh, it, it's going to be – this is the first matchup because we, d- we did play Maxi, but Maxi doesn't run a ton of pick and rolls. Uh, he got a lot of his shots against the Blazers off kickouts and um, drives. Um, but – Cade is and Duran are going to go pick and roll heavy against the Blazers, and it'll be really interesting to see how the Blazers' defense holds up because they really haven't had, uh, they haven't played any super heavy pick and roll teams yet, um, and that'll be their first true look at a team that runs it that much. Yeah, um, Detroit should be a fun match. Where we ha- it is in Detroit, right? Yeah, because we're on yeah. a road trip right now, so. Um, it's the last of our three-game road trip. Yeah, they. I don't know Detroit. I, I feel like Detroit's a a really solid, underrated team. So that's gonna be a tough one to see. Uh, but Toronto is another team that I had a, a little bit of respect for as well. So I can see it going either way. Should be a fun one if Scoot can keep improving. You know, anything's possible. Um, but I'm excited. I want to see what we look like against a young team like Detroit. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we end this show? Nope. Unfortunately, the hardened details have not dropped still at this moment. Uh, <laughs> we could dissect that if it did, but unfortunately, it's not here. So I see all kinds of jokes about it. Oh, yeah. I don't, I haven't seen Dan, Dan Favell says by the time we get the James Harden trade details, James Harden may have already requested another trade. <laughs> oh, man. That's brutal. <laughs> uh, now, so... Tori's tweeting. He, he... Now Tory's breaking the news of James Harden has traded. Or no, the Los Angeles Clippers have traded James Harden to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, here's the details at the very end at the buzzer. The Sixers are acquiring Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, multiple draft picks. Wow, Kenny Martin already traded. That's crazy. Multiple draft picks and a pick swap for James Harden. Uh, PJ Tucker and Flip Petrusev. So... Wait, wow. they got PJ Tucker too? Yeah, Clippers wow. are getting both Harden and Tucker. That's actually really nice. So the Sixers get Marcus Morris, Batum, Covington, Kenyon Martin, and multiple draft picks and pick swaps. So we'll see what multiple draft picks means if that's seconds or whatever. Did, or did they give up both 28 and 2030 first? Just and keep, then also a pick man. swap? Oh, yeah, because they kept man out of the trade. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Dang, I wish we knew what the picks were. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, instant reaction is that I feel like the Sixers, I feel like Nick Batum could, I think, I think Nick Batum could contribute right away. Uh, Shams Covington now, back to the Sixers. Yeah, Covington's back in the Sixers now where he first started it, everything. Didn't he? Yeah, I think he started his career in Philly. And then Shams now broke the trade, but he just has multiple draft picks as well. Wow, that's pretty wild. Kenyon Martin, Nick Batum, Covington Morris. 
I mean, that's that's some role players that can help Philadelphia right away. I mean, I'm not sure if they'll all play minutes, but uh, KJ Martin's pretty underrated. I think he's going to be a good fit in Philly, um, but I don't. I don't feel like this gives them a lot to help right now. So yeah, I don't either. I, uh, I th- it does give them expiring contracts. Yeah, though, that's so what that's we were talking a, about that's earlier. A big thing there. I think yeah, Covington, uh, Batum, and Morris I think are all expiring, and that's twenty. They also kept well, Norman almost, Powell out of the trade, yeah. so Norman Powell wasn't in the trade either. Wow. Those three are almost forty million in salary, so um, that's. That's a lot of stuff, and then if they got at least a first, they could they could potentially go after the, whatever the next star that becomes available. They have a little bit more firepower to do so with expirings and picks. Yeah, I wonder who that star would be. I'm not sure, but interesting yeah. trade. I mean, they finally get Harden off the team. The drama was there clearly. It needed to be done. I'm curious to eventually see what multiple draft picks is, um, but it's it, it's an interesting trade. I'm surpri- it's crazy we got to trade this early in the season, but I mean, I guess it was expected because <laughs> of the Harden situation. Yeah, I don't think he was ever certain that, but yeah, um, I mean, uh, we just talked about Maxi. It's it's certainly possible that they just they see what he's doing right now without. Harden, you know, taking up uh, possessions from him. And they were just like, you know what? Let's just get rid of him. And yeah. uh, addition by subtraction, maybe. I, I think they're fine without him. But it's going to be hard to – because they're, they're a team that hasn't made out of the second round um, in the post-process era. Yep. So um, it's going to be hard to take that jump, though, without – getting anything good back so they could still make that follow-up trade um later on uh in the season and that could help them into the playoffs but if they don't make a bit another follow-up trade or a big trade uh between now and the february trade deadline i i just i can't see just maxi and Embiid and role players being enough to uh get by some of the big hitters in the in the east like Dame and Giannis and Milwaukee and uh Brown Tatum Porzingis and Drew Holiday in Boston like I just I don't I still don't think they have enough to compete with either of those teams in the playoffs yeah it's all going to depend on what they turn those expiring contracts to because if the team is what they have right now going to the playoffs I agree I don't think it's enough yeah Wow, another but, big. Gotta love the shakeups though in the NBA. Yeah, definitely gotta love them. Uh, so Western Conference is interesting now with if, James Harden coming to Clippers. But if you would have known about this trade before we did our standings, does it change where you would have had the Clippers? Uh, where to have them like fifth seed or something like I can't remember exactly where I had them, but I had them fourth and you had them fifth. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. I don't hate it. Still, I mean, I, yeah especially if the load management starts happening with the Clippers where it definitely could, I, I don't hate it. I'm not like upset with where I have them still, uh, but them keeping Powell and Terrence May on the trade is huge for them. I'll say that. Yeah. What, how are you going to feel if they gave up two first? Though? Oh man. And a swap. That, that feels like, uh, 
That get that. I mean, if Mori got that, shout out to Mori because man finds a way <laughs> to get what he wants. I guess. Yeah. Again, I mean, I get it. If you're Clippers, you want to go all in, but man, you're giving up even more if this doesn't work out. Right. Uh, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, you can always count on the Clippers to make a late night move. That yeah, for, up the for NBA. real. <laughs> I woke up to the other one. I was awake for this one. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, uh, there. It's that uh, was really fun to give our <laughs> instant reaction live. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this episode thanks, was all thanks, over the Clippers. place. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Clippers. I'm glad. I'm glad we. Uh, glad we actually had that because uh, we talked about the Blaze. We talked about Kevin Pritchard. We talked about James Harden being yeah. traded. We were all over the place, but it was fun still. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, can't wait to do it next week again. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, been the hoops crush podcast uh we appreciate everyone for watching um if you are enjoying the episodes please uh be sure to not only subscribe to the channel but also leave a like on the video it's the easiest way to show your support and we appreciate all the positive uh comments we've received on the shows and thank you so much for taking the time to uh spend to watch our videos and uh it's been really fun um, getting to know you a little bit and talking to you, Brady. Uh, so can't wait to do it again next week. And uh, that, that'll that do it for this episode. Uh, we will see you next week on the Hoops Crush Podcast.